Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 246. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leverage streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you're here today and for so many reasons. Because as you are on this journey, you want to build cash flow, you want to build your enterprise, you want more real estate, whatever it is you think is a perfect idea that the marketplace needs, here's the thing that the marketplace needs more than your idea. It needs a good version of you. And that's what's really in the way. I mean, many of you, you're, you're out there, you're, you're applying your skills and talents in so many different ways. And what I know to be very, very true, because it's been true for myself, is that you will never out-earn your personal growth. And the more time you spend building you, the better, because it will add more to your bottom line than figuring out that next marketing strategy, than figuring out the next way to open or close an escrow. And the thing that gets in the way is honestly how you think. And I think today's guest is going to be able to help you and me get out of our own way, make a new step forward, and most importantly, just become better at what we do. We have with us today Kim Addis. She is the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and Journal Engine Software. Now, you just heard one of the keywords that I love right? Journaling. How many times have I asked you guys to do your success journal, to make sure that you have it, something so that you are in a process or in motion towards that success? And this is going to be excellent for you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Kim has many things she could be doing. I mean, she's author, speaker, entrepreneur, coach, and a mother of five. So there you go. You've got no excuse now. So what I want you to do is to make sure that you take notes, that you listen, and most importantly, that you apply and move at the speed of instruction, because I think you're going to have a transformation today. So help me welcome Miss Kim Addis. Kim, you there? I am. Wow, what a great introduction. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I just get excited. I actually, journaling is one of those things that it's important to me. It's, uh, I have tons of emotions. They, they run off. I've had, one of my friends said, your emotions like a pack of wild horses. They, you just kind of follow. And, but it's become, it became a tool for me many, many years ago that just helps me to think and process and all of these things. And so I, I'm just excited to talk to you about it. But before we go that far, I've got to ask you the same question that I tend to ask most of our guests as we begin. Now, Kim, I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs, and of course, you're one of them, a lot like yesterday's superheroes. So, you know, you've got Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman. Uh, You've got all of these superheroes there. And and I think entrepreneurs are very similar because occasionally we get dressed up. We put on masks, uh, maybe some tights if we really, really, really want to have some fun. But we use our special skills and abilities to go out there and serve other people. 
but also just like superheroes entrepreneurs have a beginning superheroes have a beginning they have an origin story they came from somewhere they did something that eventually resulted in who they are today so here's what we want to know before all of the degrees in psychology before the mba before the software before all of these things we want to know who is kim addis wow so who is Kim Mattis before all of that? An extremely shy girl uh, who used to sit at the window of her bedroom and watch the kids play outside. There you go. Wow. <laughs> so there's some transformation in this story I'm hearing. A lots of transformation. <laughs> but, you know, over the years, you ask about entrepreneurship. I was also an entrepreneur ever since I was quite young. You know, my family used to travel and go to Cape Cod for the summer. And we used to go with all these family friends. And from that age, I started selling stuff. At first, it was uh, I sold uh, massages on the beach for $2 for 10 minutes. I mean, nice. I was raking it in. And then I sold things in high school, like tickets to the dance. And I made sure every cool person was in attendance. <laughs> and then, you know, I remember they used to give you, if you sold a certain number of cheese platters, you could win tickets and go on these awesome trips. So I was always kind of outselling my peers because I was very motivated to go on those trips. Um, and and then shortly after that, I actually started a balloon business and uh, we used to sell balloon decorations for people's parties and weddings and things like that. And like I was 20 and I looked quite young and I remember buying glasses so that I could look a little older <laughs> and I would, I would go uh, to these women's homes, these women who were getting married and were looking for balloon decorations. And I would dress up in my cool, funky, you know, outfits. And, you know, I'd, I'd dress up, I'd, I'd fancy myself up. And, uh, and I would sell these balloon decorations and, and figured out that I could sell nearly every single person that I spoke to. I mean, things have changed over the years, but in the day, <laughs> there was something that was something magical that happened. And uh, I would sell maybe 95% of the people I spoke to. But so entrepreneurship is in my DNA. It comes from my, my parents. My father owns a business and, uh, and so on. So it's definitely in, in my blood. Well, and you bring up this interesting point. Plus, for those of you listening, you heard the pattern again. And, and there's so many, uh, there's, there's just so many clues to what you, if it's in your DNA, you just know it because you, you can't help but sell stuff. Now, massages on the beach, by the way, that's, that's <laughs> a unique one. We've heard many, many things. That's the first time we've heard massages on the beach. You probably just inspired somebody somewhere. <laughs> so that, that one, that one was pretty good. Now, you mentioned that though, that you're, uh, your your parents are entrepreneurs and has a business. Do you think that had a an impact on you and made it more acceptable to take, say, risk? Um, it's funny. So more acceptable to take risk. I don't really think about it like that. I okay. I uh, I really don't. I feel like it's a it was for much bigger risk an emotional, a personal, and intellectual risk to work for a company, which I tried, by the way, and I was so unhappy, so <laughs> miserable that the minute I was, uh, I, I walked away from that, it was like relief washed over me. So for me, that was a larger risk. And the risk there was the risk of literally getting sick, the risk of shrinkage, <laughs> the, the risk of, you know, living a miserable life because, it was safer. I just, I looked at it the other way around. 
I, you know, I, I just want everybody to know that I don't know Kim, but I feel the exact same way. We, we just now meeting and we have the same thought process because that's exactly how I felt beyond trapped, sick. I like the word shrinkage. That's definitely, it's like you can't play your biggest game when you have this invisible, perceived, you know, container that you're working within. So what I'm curious to know then is how do you go from that to where you are today? Where's the, the, the journey? Where's the crossover? How did you discover, we'll call it your superhero power and decide to let it, you know, shine and be used for good? I'll tell you, um, so kind of, so after the balloon business, um, we <laughs> yes. ended up, uh, so, and the balloon business was before my MBA. After my MBA, I worked for a software company and, uh, again, really not particularly happy, actually quite anxious in that environment, but I did very well there, especially at my age. Remember, all of this was happening at a very, very young age. I was marketing manager for a software company and I was not even 25. And, um, and I lasted two years, I moved to Toronto and I decided that I was going to start my own company. And, uh, the idea of the company at the time was to just work with young people. And I wanted, my purpose was to teach them, uh, life skills. And, uh, I remember my husband at the time I'm remarried now, my husband said, you know, who, who's going to let you work with their kids? Like nobody <laughs> even knows you. Right. Wow. Like, that was supportive different. right there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, uh, I just kind of said, yeah, I'm coming up with a plan anyways. And I remember I was pregnant at the time, waking up at like three in the morning and going to the dining room and literally writing out my plan on a, on a napkin. Um, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire these co-op students and they're going to work for me because I had no money. I couldn't actually hire people. And, uh, and he said, well, you don't have a location. You're not going to have them come to your apartment. And I said, okay, there's another challenge. Let me figure that out. And I found this, um, there was a mall nearby and they had this one shop that was used for uh, kind of benevolent enterprises or organizations. And I literally knocked on the door and I said, hey, you know, I'm planning to, on working with youth. I'm planning on taking on these co-op students and teaching them life skills. Is there any way that I could use this space? They said, yeah, sure. You could use it every day from one o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon. And boom, I got free space in a mall. Um, so think about that in terms of like, what's the rent that someone would normally right. pay for that kind of space, right? right? Believe and me, so I'm doing that, the math in my head like, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> So I don't know. I had a lot of balls, you could say, in the day. No um, doubt. And, uh, and I just kind of uh, understood problems and worked around them. So if that's the problem, here's how I'm going to address that problem. And really, if I fast forward, you know, I ended up building a, uh, a software company out of that. And we ended up uh, actually creating a kind of software that was assessment-based. So it was simulation-based software that would help companies make better hiring decisions. And one of the industries we worked with was the real estate industry. And I, you know, you asked what my superpower was at the, in the day, it was <laughs> networking. I used to go to every single event, every single conference, every single, any, any event related to the real, real estate industry, I was there. Mm -hmm. And my claim to fame is Kim knows everybody. And everybody knows Kim. There it is. Now, uh, yeah. What I what I like though is something that you said, or that you you said it, but not 
actually said it is you 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 don't really let challenges or get in the way i mean i i don't know if everyone else picked up on it but notice she's doing this while pregnant she was told by her spouse like there was not exactly supportive comments at home there was no money there was no location but none of that mattered at all and then the, the the key thing here is you did something that I think most people won't do is they act you actually asked you actually had the the nerve to go ask in in a mall which is absolutely amazing uh, when it comes down to it you're like hey Mr landlord can I use your space for free please I mean and they they go yeah you're like how many of you would have done that you're hearing what it takes and I think well, well go I- ahead. Uh, you know what? You say it didn't matter. All of those things did matter. Well, they and, mattered, but you didn't let them stop you. That's what right, I mean. Exactly. And and what I want to say is they mattered. And because they mattered, I try to figure them out. Exactly. It was, it, you're right. You're, and it wasn't, you weren't ignoring the fact that, yeah, okay, I don't have money, but that doesn't mean I can't. That wasn't the end of the story. That wasn't the reason why you couldn't move forward. Right. And you... Have encountered, and I'm I'm just going to make an assumption that you've encountered even more increasingly challenging issues and problems in your career, but you've attacked them with the exact same thing, which says to me that you have a particular mindset when it comes to seeing a challenge or just being an entrepreneur. And I would love to hear your thoughts on how you view obstacles. Well, so, I mean, let me go back and I'll tell you how I view obstacles. That viewpoint or that point of view is an informed point of view. So I ended up building this software, right? This assessment concept. And Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we ended up testing hundreds of thousands of people. And what we were looking at is what makes someone an extraordinary performer? What makes someone way better than his, his or her peers? Mm. And what we discovered was, like, we were testing everything, intelligence, personality, all kinds of, uh, we were testing skills. And we discovered that none of that, I mean, it matters, but none of that will give us that secret sauce. <laughs> and really what it is, is that when, if you look at the difference between top, top performers and everyone else, the difference is that they have a far higher degree of emotional resilience. So what does that mean? It means that everyone experiences adversity. Everyone has bad things that happen to them. And those who can rebound or recover from that fall with speed and agility are going to be much more likely to succeed in a big way than others. I like it. I like it. So you can measure this? Absolutely. You can measure emotional resilience. And so, um, and you can build emotional resilience. You can learn emotional resilience. And this is all 100% attached to your thinking and the way you respond to events, people, situations, things that are taking place in your life. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but this just got interesting. So, um, are you saying it wasn't interesting before? Oh no, no, <laughs> you, you, it, the, the, it was, well, I mean, come on, massages on the beach, tickets to the dance and cheese platters. <laughs> I was hooked, uh, because you were obviously kindred spirits, but right now you're saying yeah, you, you are removing an excuse in a sense by saying that, yeah, you, you, you have emotional resilience, but you're also reducing it to a skill set that can be built or learned. And yep. that's 
that's important because there are many I know who are listening going, wondering, do I have what it takes? And what you're saying is you can test it. You can test it and you can absolutely, uh, the key is you can absolutely build it. So one of the ways that you will ask yourself you know, without an actual formal test, do I have emotional resilience is think about a time, not even in in the far past, but in the recent past, that something happened that really bothered you or upset you. It could be a conversation. If anybody is um, married or has a partner, a conversation they had with their significant other or a conversation they had with their child or a conversation they had with a business partner or a colleague or a mother or anybody that caused them to feel upset. Think about a failure. Think about a time when you were rejected. Like how, how did it, how did it affect you and how long did that last? How long were you in a funk? And, um, and think about sometimes one of my favorite things to do is to ask, think about a time when someone behaved in a way that you didn't like. What was your response like? And how did it affect you? How did it affect your re- relationship? Are you, are, so are, just so that we're clear, are we including our young kids in this? Or Absolutely. Are we- <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Okay. So parents, you, you have a lot. And what about those people that just cut somebody off in traffic? Because I know someone's listening while driving right now. That too. I love <laughs> those ones. Those are the best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we, we have examples. Okay. So how would I be able if I, if okay, let's say I've called that up to mind. How can I go? All right. I've got emotional resilience or not. Is it like if it lasts two days, then I don't? And if it lasts 20 seconds, then I do? Well, so a person with a high degree of emotional resilience um, fortifies themselves and doesn't really let the actions, the behaviors, the events, the circumstances in the world take them off course. And what do I mean by off course is they don't let those things uh, they don't leverage those things as their excuse, as their reason to be pissed off and in a bad mood <laughs> and to, you know, let it rip, be upset, you know, lose their temper. Got it. Got it. So it then becomes, does it transform or change or does it just go away? So people with a high degree of emotional resilience have a high degree of personal self-management. Per, okay, I've never heard that phrase before. What is yeah. personal self-management? Well, they manage their emotions well. So they respond and react to things in a way that is consistent with their desires and their goals. Got it, got it. Okay, so see, this, all right, this is interesting, Kim. This is the point when I sense myself going that direction. This is usually the point when I'm like, okay, I got to write something down to get this out so I can get back to where I need to be. That's usually my, that's like my technique. It's like if, if praying didn't work, then uh, I've got to go for a walk. And if walk didn't work, then it's time to go. <laughs> then if it's really, really bad, it's like, I need to write this stuff out and get done yeah. with it so I can move on. Is that what you're talking about? Well, that's part of it for sure. So the journaling part, and let me kind of go back. So now the business that I run is we coach people and we coach a very particular type of person, kind of a person like you. Uh, we, <laughs> we coach, we coach very highly driven people who have four things in common. Number one is they have pretty large goals that they want to achieve. Uh, Number yep. two is they want to make a difference in the world and yep. leave their mark, like have an impact. 
Number three is they're spirited people yep. who want to fill their lives with adventure and experiences and learning and relationships, and they just want to live at a higher level. And uh, the fourth thing is that they often get in their own way. And so that's our client. And uh, when, when we coach them, what we were really trying to do is understand how their thinking is impacting them. We're trying to measure their emotional resilience by looking at the events in their lives and seeing how they respond to that. And so we ask them to journal in an online journal every single day for the duration of the coaching period. And what happens is at the beginning of the week, they get a journaling question. Question and they respond. And every time they write in their journal, the journal goes to their coach. I have a team of coaches, so it could be me or anybody else, goes to their coach. The coach reads and responds to the journal. And so what's happening here is, is they are doing that type of work, their personal work, their mental work, their exploratory work every single day. So it's very intense. It's very intimate. And the distance they travel in a very short period of time is quite astonishing. Now, to go back to your journaling question, when we ask our clients to journal, right now during the coaching period, we're really trying to help them uh, have a platform, a place where they can express themselves and write the stories that they experience. Because when we hear what they're talking about, when they hear their interpretation of events, then we can see literally where their emotional resilience lies. And that's where we can help them become stronger. You know, uh, as I'm listening to you, and for those of you who are also listening, I want you to hear what I'm what I'm thinking right now is uh, I know I can remember back to some of the first times when I'm writing an offer or even now when I'm writing an offer on another building business or, you know, maybe we're bringing on a new person. You're always in the process of selling. But there's that internal conversation that's going on. Will they accept it? Won't they? Why? What? You know, you're trying to figure out how to put your own offers together and sometimes uh, I'm just sitting here listening, and I hope you are too. Going, I think that's a that's a spot to where I could get some assistance in being able to to push through some of these roadblocks faster, uh, because we do hear no a lot uh, as an entrepreneur, and you gotta be able to assess how and why you respond, because that could be the thing that's in the way from that's preventing you from, as I've said before, failing fast, failing forward, and failing frequently is your just how you're perceiving and that, that that conversation on the inside. So Kim, if I hear you correctly then you're you're getting in you're just trying to get inside my head. I am totally trying to get inside your head. And <laughs> I, like I do. <laughs> I like it. Be careful you might find something. I will. I'm sure I will. I'm an expert detective. <laughs> I can only imagine. So tell me some of the things like what do you, I'm assuming you, you have a number of business owners and entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs. Um, yes. So what would you say are some of the common things, because you mentioned getting in the way and that that what are some of the common things that we do or that you've seen across your clients that are like, here's a sign that you are getting in your own way. You know, it can be frustrating. For some of you, you might be learning right now on this particular episode that one of the biggest roadblocks to your success, one of the biggest roadblocks that is in the way of you being able to achieve the things that you know are good for you, for your family, for the friends, and, and, and maybe even you know, your your thoughts go as far as the neighborhood and city and dare I say your country. You are the 
biggest challenge. We all are. It's kind of interesting that we have to understand that we're the weakest link. And, you know, being able to to live with that and deal with that. And more importantly, find ways to work around our weaknesses. Wow. That, that's a great skill set. So I, I definitely want to get you back to everything that she has to say because I know it's going to benefit you greatly. But for those of you who'd like to pick up some ideas on what you could do to go out there and get real estate happening for yourself, just go over to cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book. Cashflowdiary.com forward slash free book. You'll get a copy, a PDF copy, send it to you via email of Cashflow Diary, 10 Steps to Creating Wealth in Any Economy. And for those of you who are like, I don't read books, I like audiobooks. Well, cool. After you go there, you have a special offer for the audiobook that you could get at no lower price anywhere else. With all that being said, let's just get you back over to Kim. Oh gosh, there are so many. I'll give you a perfect example. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a bunch of examples if I could. So, um, for example, I'm coaching a woman who uh, had a role in a company, a very large, popular, uh, very prestigious retail organization in the states, and she her role was senior executive vice president. She was absolutely hands down a top performer in her organization. She ended up uh, leaving and, um, and working for, she, she got a role as president of the, of a new company, but now she wasn't so happy there. And she's been thinking about starting her own company for two, three, four years and some things preventing her from pulling the trigger. You know, so if we look at what is it like, you're smart, you're bright, you're capable, you're experienced, you're networked you're all of that right you're all that but she's paralyzed (laughs) all that and a bag of chips so all the externals are there that say there's no reason you have like no there's no legitimate reason why you shouldn't do this but right exactly what's up okay so what's up so it's there's fear there's um a terror uh, you know people are terrified of not having enough resources they're unsure of themselves they say i've never done this before i've always worked within the structure of an organization now i'm on my own now there are no rules now the stru- the the lack of structure i don't know where to begin i don't know who to talk to i'm afraid to ask for money who am i that people will give me money <laughs> and on and on and on and and the the and each one of those needs to be addressed you know, it sounds like you, you've been talking to some of the people I'm working with, but because uh, <laughs> we hear those same things. In fact, one of the ones that I, I've been hearing a lot recently, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts, is, you know, uh, being a real estate entrepreneur, we attract all kinds, all ages, all sizes, and it's for so many people. But I often hear, especially um, you know, during the summer, like I know that it, it happens during the summer months, I hear, hey, Jay, uh, you know, I'm 22. Am I too young to do this? And then the interesting thing is also usually during the summer, I hear the, hey, Jay, I'm 58. Am I too old to do this? Right. It's, it's like, I'm crazy. I, it drives me nuts. But I'd love to hear your thought process uh, around that uh, idea of just the concept of age or, you know, because I think when we're afraid, anything we can grasp onto, you know, is what we'll accept as the legitimate excuse. 
Right. And so it's not about age, of course. It's about how you think about your age. So if you think you're young and because you're young, you're not going to receive any respect or credibility or that that's a downfall, you're going to be right. If you think you're too old and people are going to think of you as too old, you're going to experience a lot of conversations where people say you're a little old. Um, and, and so you create your truth. You create your reality. And it's all an invention. And we've all made it up. Each one of us, we make up and we invent our reality. So whoever's listening right now, look around you. Look around you and look at, you know, what kind of car are you driving? What kind of relationship do you have? What kind of job are you in? What kind of money are you making? All that is you, you've invented it. You've created it. And if you don't like it, you can create something different. But let me just say this, and this is super important. Have you ever heard the expression, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got? You've heard that? (laughs) Yes. But it's flawed. Okay. And why is it flawed? Because it starts at the wrong end of the equation. The real issue is if you always think what you always thought, you'll always get what you always got. Got it. Because thinking precedes action. And so very often what we're trying to do is make people do something different. And I don't want them to do anything different until their thinking is lined up with that. Perfect. So this it, this then begs the, the, the perfect question. Let's pretend someone is feeling stuck right now. And someone is like, okay, I, I, I hear what Kim's saying. Jay said it before, but you know what? Kim's saying it, so now I believe it. <laughs> what would be like the top three things someone could do to change, improve, modify their their thinking so that they might actually get themselves to to go and, and, and experience what it is that they're looking for? So, so top three things. How about this? I'll give you a journaling exercise with three parts. How's that? Even better. Okay, so part one is I want you to write down the answer to this question. What do I really, really want? More than anything, what do I really want? And that could be a new job. It could be to earn lots of money. It could be a relationship. It could be to be healthy. So it could be tangible things or intangible things. And you could really want more than one thing. So write it all down. What do you really, really want? Number two is, what would my life be like if I never had what I really, really want? Like, how would I feel? Would that be okay with me? And what we're really trying to do there is establish if that's what you really, really want. Or if you're happy in your kind of state of acceptance currently right now. Wow. The third question you want to ask is, What's preventing me from having what I really, really want right now? And you're going to write it out. All the reasons. And all the reasons are reasons you invent. (laughs) And so what you want to do with all those reasons is you want to say, is each one of these actually true? So if reason number one, you're thinking about starting your own business, but you have no money, ask, is that true? And you might at first glance say, yeah, it's true. I don't have money. Check my bank account. That doesn't mean you can't access money. It also doesn't mean you need as much money as you think you need to get started, right? And it also might mean that somebody very nice, you know, friendly, somebody in your environment might be willing to share the load and participate with you. You don't know. So don't, you know, like ask yourself, is this truly a limitation? Is this truly what's getting in my way? Or is this the problem I can solve? Indeed, indeed. And I know some of you, you you might be washing dishes and on the treadmill right now. I certainly hope you said to yourself, I'm going to make sure I write those three questions down because I 
you know, you guys know I love questions. Questions are the answers they always have been. And as I'm listening, I'm just like, yes, I I hope you take the time to understand just how much gold you, has just been given to you and you actually do this exercise. This is good because, um, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, you said th- these reasons were all invented. So therefore, there's probably a solution somewhere. But what happens when the one of these reasons seems so real that I'm unable to see that solution around it. Well, that's where it's always useful to get another set of eyes and to go and ask for help and to explore what resources are out there. Just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean that answer doesn't exist out there. And so really the question is, if you're okay not achieving your goal or having your deepest desire then great, go take a nap, you know, go do something else, (laughs) right? But if that's not acceptable to you, if you decide, look, I'm not going to be satisfied unless I achieve this or unless I experience this or have this, if, if that's it, then now if your motivation is or your inspiration is at that level, then each one of your reasons is simply a problem for you to solve. And again, like, you know, I'm not a mathematician. I don't know how to solve very difficult math problems, but there's someone out there who does, and it's my job to find them. Right. Exactly. This is, I'm, I'm loving this. My, my CFO is uh, one of the, the great things that she's always told me is uh, her phrase is there, there's people for that, Jay. Uh, anytime that, you know, uh, she says, uh, here's something we need to do, or there's a new direction we need to go, or she thinks this is something that would be good, or I'm trying to make a certain business objective happen. I'm like, but she's like, yeah, and there are people for that. I, it's so, it's so ingrained in the back of my head now. It's like, there's, I don't know how to do it, but that somebody does somewhere. And all we got to do is go find them and start asking and then they magically appear. So when in this process of becoming this entrepreneur, I I can see through these, you know, through this exercise and through, you know, doing these questions, I can see where emotional resilience is really important because you, you know, there's a, you could discover that there's a lot that you're missing. And then you could be totally discouraged by that. <laughs> well, totally discouraged. And even even so, I mean, th- these are things we're talking about before even getting out of the gate. But you and I know that when you get out of the gate, sometimes don't things don't go exactly as you have them planned. Oh, no, no, no. Uh-uh, no. Over here, they go exactly. <laughs> All the time, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm batting a 1,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so now the question is, what do you do when things don't go perfectly? What, you know, exactly. What do I do or what do they do? (laughs) Another example, I I have a client who was looking for, who was very, very close to getting um, her funding for a company that she's working with. Very close. And at the last hour, he's like, no, I'm out. I don't want to invest in this. And she's like, okay, well, at first she was upset. And then she's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Let's mobilize. Let's move on. Plan B. Let's continue. I'm not going to stop. The game isn't over. Right. 
Yes, and I've, I've, I, that that totally happens. Like with every rehab you try, uh, with every reposition of an apartment building, uh, I think on some deals I'm on plan uh, Q, maybe R. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think, and I saw, and I saw a post the other day uh, that uh, said something to the effect of, "When plan A fails, remember the alphabet has 25 more letters." So that's right. <laughs> it's just you know, you keep going until you get there. And what I really, uh, I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from this conversation is that you can build, you don't, you're not divinely selected as you are emotionally resilient, therefore you're good, you're going to make it. You're saying that that not only can we find out what we need, what we want, what we really want, but we can also build the skill set necessary to get there. And I think that should bring a ton of hope to a lot of people if, if they're listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, start paying attention to the way you respond to things and pay attention to the way you feel after you respond to things. Pay attention to like when someone behaves a certain way that, you know, doesn't seem correct. How mad do you get? How agitated do you get? How frustrated do you get? And understand that your frustration has nothing to do with their behavior, but has everything to do with your interpretation of their behavior and the way you think about their actions. And that's in your control. Yeah, you're stepping on toes. I can hear it. (laughs) This is good. But you know what? I'm guessing if we wanted to, we could actually probably just watch the news for some practice on this one. (laughs) Because there's... There's lots of information there that we could have, and we'll call it an emotional uh, – you, you should have, like, some emotional resilience training. You have to sit and watch the news and not react. <laughs> that would be right. actually kind of funny. Uh, like, how on earth would that happen? I, I have no idea. I have no well, idea. I- I'm Canadian, and I'm taking a bit of a political risk here, but I think that a little exposure to Donald Trump might help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I just now I can I can hear the emails coming right now. Did she right. say? Yes, she did. Get over it. All right. So I'm saying that it would help with your emotional resilience. Ah, that's yes. That, that that's good, too. So here here's here's the thing. I know there's been a number of people listening who were like, wow, I need more of I need to pick up more of what Kim is putting down. And how on earth can they track you down, find you? Where do you want us to go? Because you've got some good stuff. So best place to find me is frameofmindcoaching.com. Right there, there is a download for the book I wrote called What You Focus On Grows. So please take advantage of that. And I encourage everybody who's listening to take an assessment. And the assessment allows you to get a bit of a snapshot of what's going on in your life, the good stuff, the bad stuff, and really understand, start to get some type of hold over where is your emotional resilience right now? Where is your mindset right now? And uh, the assessment is the, an assessment of your frame of mind. So nice. take that. Nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Okay, so as we wind down here, I've got to ask this question. Yep. The, um, there, there are a number of people. So here's what I want you to, to pretend for a second. Pretend for a moment that there's a person in front of you right now, and, and they're listening. They're standing in front of the superhero outfit store. They, they think they're ready to become that entrepreneur. They, they're picking out their cape and their tights, and they're going, okay, here's all the fun stuff. However, Kim, in the back of their mind, they got that voice, and you know that voice. You've done battle with that voice. You've heard that voice before, and you know the voice very, very well. 
However, they're hearing it maybe for the first time and, and they're not quite sure what to do with it. However, they still want to move forward. They just feel like something is missing. What would you say to that person right now? I would say go sit down and pull up a journal or pull up a Word document or something and ask yourself a question, what's causing me to feel uncomfortable right now? And spill, just write it all out. And what you'll find is all those doubts will surface. And it's really important for you to address them one by one by one by one. Nice. I love it. So simple and clear. It's actionable we can do this. I definitely want to say thank you for taking the time to to invest your knowledge and your experience and bring it all here today with us at the Cashflow Diary. It was a pleasure. It was really fun to talk to you. <laughs> Had a good time. <laughs> Excellent. Glad to hear it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean today? It means frameofmindcoaching.com. Download the book. Take the assessment. Get on track to overcome your own stinking thinking, as has been said before, so that you can be one step closer to the new person, the new version, the new you that the world is waiting to see. It's been fun talking to you guys today. I definitely look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time. <laughs>